wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your drive time host every Tuesday and or Wednesday. It is absolutely, it is so good uh, to be with you once again. Now, folks, this week and last week, uh, we've been looking at the subject, the Bible, the church and the environment. Uh, we want to give a biblical understanding of, of this subject. Uh, last week, <laughs> we were asking questions like, whose responsibility is the environment? And certainly, uh, that was, uh, that was very well answered. Uh, and, uh, uh, what does the Bible say about natural disasters? We looked at the fact that the earth, the scriptures teach us, is growing old like a garment. Uh, things are changing. There is a biblical understanding. Uh, we're heading towards a climax. Um, yesterday, uh, we asked, is there danger? in worshipping the creation rather than the creator. And today we're going to ask, why won't green political solutions work? You know, folks, I I believe this subject is just so important because uh, last week and this week we've had the United Nations World Environmental Conference occurring over there in Egypt. Uh, And here at Faith FM, uh, we just want to suggest, we want to dig into, we want to look at that biblical alternative to the incredibly humanistic solutions that are also pervading in the uh, current uh, environmental uh, debates. Uh, this, this is going to be a program I believe that you'll, you'll greatly appreciate, that you'll really remember. Uh, please stay with us for the entire hour. It's, uh, it's well worthwhile. Folks, also, look, if you don't have, uh, if you're only on, uh, uh, on radio and you're fading in and out because we're a low power station, hey, why don't you download our app, uh, from your favorite app store? Just look for Faith FM Australia. Download that onto your phone, Bluetooth your phone to your car, and you'll have perfect reception everywhere you go. It's a fantastic way of listening to uh, to Faith FM. Uh, now, guys, look, today our co-host is is Eric Hoare, and Eric's a, a printer by trade. Uh, he's worked uh, in uh, Christian literature distribution most of his life, and currently uh, he's ministering to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Well, thank you, Pastor Gary, and it's uh, great to join you on a on a Tuesday night, and uh, I thought it was spring. I think there's about six weeks to Christmas, but it just doesn't feel that it's way. It's not quite there yet, just yet, <laughs> just yet, is it? Oh, here, you've had a really busy day today. Oh, I've flat out, yeah. We had a little, we had our Aboriginal group today, and uh, uh, Pastor David was away at some meetings, so I went and picked up um, uh, the Aboriginal folk uh, from north and south of Adelaide and brought them to Salisbury, and we have a craft group on a, uh, on a Tuesday each fortnight, and we sit and and have a good time together. We just fellowship together, and uh, often we have somebody that comes in and speaks about health, or we'll just do a craft. And today they'll be making these lovely um, 
bags with Aboriginal designs on them and today they were sewing them all up and laughing and carrying on and uh, I didn't have a go at sewing but I was keenly watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, Eric, you do a, a marvellous job. I mean, your ministry, I, I just love the relational way uh, that you're able to uh, build a ministry. It's a, it, it's a real gift and uh, uh, I, I really would compliment you for everything that you're, you're doing because I know that uh, uh, certainly your church loves uh, your uh, your ministry. But look, let's come to our World Watch segment because I'm just really conscious that something very significant uh, happened today. Now, of course, today the world population is a reaching eight billion people. The clock is going to click over today on the 15th of November 2022. Uh, our world population reaches 8 billion people. And of course, uh, the 15th of November is today. Now, of course, if you're saying, no, it's not, it's actually the 16th. Well, that's because you're listening to this on a delayed uh, transmission. Uh, there are some of our stations that do take this uh, this particular program on a delayed transmission, uh, which means that you'll be listening to it the... Uh, um, uh, on the 16th, which means yesterday uh, was the day it clocked over uh, to 8 billion people. Now, if you go onto the uh, World United Nations uh, uh, website, uh, the, uh, there's an article there, and, uh, and this is what it shares. The global population is projected to reach 8 billion on the 15th of November 2022, and India is projected to surpass China as the world's most populous country in 2023 that's next year according to world population prospects 2022 released today on world population day uh, this year's world population day falls during a milestone year when we anticipate the birth of the earth's eight billionth inhabitant uh, the global population is is growing currently at the slowest rate since 1950 haven't fallen under 1% in 2020 the latest projections by the united nations suggest that the world's population could grow to around 8.5 billion that's another 500 million people in 20 30, uh, that's at the end of this particular decade, and 9.7 billion by 2050. Uh, it's projected to reach a peak of around 10.4 billion. That's another two and a half billion people on top of what we've got, uh, got today during the 2080s and to remain at that level until 2100. Uh, the share of global population at ages 65, however, and above, is projected to rise from 10% today to 16% in 2050. Now, that's a huge uh, increase. Global life expectancy at birth has reached uh, 72.8 years in 2019, an improvement of almost nine years since 1990. Further reductions in uh, mortality are projected to result in an average global longevity of around 77.2 years by uh, 2050. Yet in 2021, life expectancy in the least developed countries 
lagged seven years behind the global average. Now, you know, folks, to me, this really stood out to me, this this global average. You know, we're in an ageing, ageing population. Here in Australia, average life expectancy is somewhere in the, uh, in the low 80s. Uh, but around the world, global average life expectancy is 72.8. And in those countries uh, which are least developed, it's seven years less than that or sitting somewhere at 65 uh, years of age. Now, you know, when I, I read this this particular report, I suppose in some ways, Eric, it really, uh, it really started to speak uh, very loudly to me. Uh, do you know, Eric, do you think that hearing in Australia, here in Aussie, it, it's easy for us to miss the significance of a number like 8 billion people. Do you think we can miss that significant? I mean, how significant do you think it is? Well, I think in the past, you know, we would take these figures for granted, but I think we're starting to see things happen in Australia now where we're starting to realise that things aren't going all that well out there and if you take into the fact that what the countries are spending on global armament armament through uh, suspicion and worried about uh, nuclear threats and and wars which uh, the bible talks about the wars and rumors of wars you know if that money had been spent to look after the people and to provide for their needs and and the medical care that many countries don't get we 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 groan here because you know we don't get um uh, we go to the hospital and we got to wait hours to be looked at and and i know with the ramping it is a serious situation i understand that but when you go into some of these other countries and i've been to the philippines I've been to Cambodia, one of the poorest countries on yeah, earth, yeah. and and to see um, the way they live and what they um, what they have to survive on. Uh, they don't get any welfare. They have to basically, they've got to make a living somehow yeah. through selling something or making something to give away. So, you know, it, it, to me, there's a real problem. And, and it's interesting you say that 8 billion we've grown to, but did you know also that the animal populations from 1970 to 2016 plunged by 68%? Wow. So the animal, because we've got more people on earth and you know and there's needs for food um so the animal population is dropping while the human population is growing uh look that's that that is so significant because the, the annual population of course is a lot of it feeds mm. uh the human population now yeah. uh, to me I'm a vegetarian and I encourage people to say hey look you know if you're really serious uh, about uh, about uh, conservation, uh, then you need to become a vegetarian because mm. it takes a lot less ground area uh, to actually feed a vegetarian than it does to feed uh, somebody who is uh, getting their protein from a second from a secondary source. But you know, Eric, one of the things that really jumps out at me is that I, uh, I at one point I had the the privilege to go to uh, uh, and spend just a little bit of time in in China as a uh, I was a tourist through China before travelling through to a uh, another another country and i the thing that jumped out at me is how privileged we are here in Australia. Um, do you know, I, uh, I, I remember going into, into Beijing and there are signs, there were signs on the lawns in the small parks. Do not walk 
on the grass. Uh, and to me, that was only a little thing, but it actually said so much to me uh, because uh, there were so many people actually wanting to utilise the parks that if everyone walked on the grass and not on the paths, the grass would actually be killed. And then I I, I looked at the you know, multi-storey units and, and, you know, the units could be made to look, you know, <laughs> glorious. But, uh, you know, when I, I look at the space that uh, here we've got in Australian cities, uh, I say, hey, this is something, uh, th- this is something that, uh, uh, that speaks loudly to me. I know one of my, uh, one of my church members is, uh, certainly, uh, over here from, uh, from one of the, the African countries. Uh, he actually is a, a trained medical doctor. He's just won a very significant prize. And, and one of the comments that he made, he was being interviewed by, at that time, the, the ABC. And one of the comments that that he made was uh, what a privilege it is uh, in Australia because yes we have <laughs> ramping issues uh, but in the country he comes from he doesn't have hospitals uh, and so many of the of the countries uh, where we uh, where people are living today are not blessed with the services that we've got and I, I just wonder Eric you know to what to what point you know do we major on those things that are are in reality, you know, first world problems, you know. I mean, I, I turn around and I say, hey, look, you know, I don't have a thing to wear. But if I go to my wardrobe at home, I have my, my, my wardrobe can't fit another shirt in it. I know. Um, it's, it's a bit of a worry, isn't it, materialism? Yeah. Um, and I think we all, we all get caught up in our own problems without thinking about Joe Blogg you know, overseas or wherever, you know. I know that when I was in um, some of the countries I've been to, um, I've made it a point to actually go into some of the poorer areas to see for myself, and yeah. it's so distressing. I know in one place that I went to where they actually had, uh, you know, there was many, many beggars on the street. Yeah. And um, I know that um, some of those beggars were run by people who uh, like mafia people who would actually go into the poor towns and get these people and maim them and sit them out yeah, on their begging, yeah, you know. Yeah. And and we we don't we don't see that we don't uh, understand that. In fact, just this these last few night days when it's been so cold and I've been moaning about the cold, mm. I've been thinking of the homeless people in Australia. I've been thinking of those that were flooded out and who are living in tents. Yeah. Um, you know, we we get so caught up with, with our own difficulties and, and problems that way on our heart when actually you know God tells us that uh, that he is the answer and that we we are so blessed as you say that we tend to forget about others mm-hmm. and those that you're talking about tonight Gary um, there's uh, so many people only live on something like less than two dollars a day most of the world actually yeah. live on less than two dollars a day yeah. and that's how they survive yeah. uh, I've been into homes where you know you've got six to eight in one room where yeah. that's all they live and and been blessed to be in there and, and, and shared with them I've been into the black ghettos in America and worked there as a literature evangelist uh, you know distributing books amongst those people and um, it was a blessing to be in those homes with them and just seeing how our folks live so we are blessed uh, and I think uh, we need to understand that uh, that things are going to get worse here but it's by 
Golly, it's far worse other places. I mean, a bag of rice now, uh, for instance, in the Philippines, which is their staple diet, has blown up. The 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 the, the yeah. price of it has shot up in all proportion, and to, you know we don't even think of that when when our rice goes up or whatever goes up here. Yeah, yeah, we just sort of can cover that, but over yeah. there it's a huge problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I look. I really appreciate what you're actually saying there, Eric. You know, to me, as I look at this time and time again, I'm saying, hey, uh, we are living in an incredibly blessed uh, country. Uh, we're living in a country with so many natural advantages. You know, to me, I could only, my only appeal, you know, okay, 8 billion people in our world and we've got, what, 22, 23 million in, in Australia spread over a huge land mass uh, with, with really only first world type problems. You know, if ever there's a time when, to me, surely we could say Australia stopped whinging. Mm, that's right. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, that's right. probably the only thing. That you know, to me, I wish that uh, we could say because our world is facing huge challenges. Many of the environmental issues now that our world is facing are not actually environmental issues; they're issues concerning uh, the population increase. Uh, we have to feed an increasing number of people, and uh, and this issue uh, is heart and core of uh, of everything that we're actually saying this week. Do you week. think, Pastor Gary, that uh, you know what we've seen with uh, the latest war? And the threats of war, do you think a lot of those resources that could be used for good is actually being going into stockpiling yeah, weapons? Yeah, look, 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 I think that's certainly been the case for, uh, you know, for, for many years, but increasingly now, certainly in in the last uh, uh, two or three years, we're seeing, you know, the amount of money going into armaments, the amount of money, uh, you know, uh, increasingly uh, the top uh, 2%. Remember, here in Australia, um, even the poorest of us is in the worldwide the top two percent mm. of the world's uh, of the world's richest people. That's right. Uh, you know, everybody else is actually. You know, if you like, we are riding the first class cars mm. on the train. Mm. Um, you know, we're able to see it in relative comfort. Now, I know there are some. Uh, who, who are struggling. I do accept that. Uh, but you know something? One of the things I'm so conscious of, we do have systems in place that can actually assist uh, many of those those individuals. But certainly the, uh, the vast majority of people in this particular country are riding first-class carriages, uh, whereas the uh, the rest of the world is actually riding uh, carriages that uh, are packed full of people, even some of them, you know, people hanging off the sides, hanging off the roof, desperately trying uh, to stay on board. Um, you know, uh, as I look at this, I, I say, hey, you know, if ever Christianity has a message for today, um, then uh, this message has to has to impact the heart and uh, also uh, impact the body and impact the way in which we do ministry uh, to the thriving billions in this in this world. Amen. Amen. Uh, look, let's uh, let's come to some music. This is Randy Travis. Shout to the Lord, uh, please, uh, please enjoy uh, this this song. my days I want to praise 
And uh, he's singing a Jeff Bullock song, uh, Shout to the Lord. Uh, really appreciated that. Uh, uh, what powerful words they, they really are. Uh, folks, we do have a giveaway uh, book uh, for you today. Uh, our giveaway book, in fact, it's all this week, this uh, the same book. It's a, it's a real little ripper. And uh, this book is by Chris Holland, Hope for a Helpless Planet. Uh, is Jesus, the question asks, really coming soon? It's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than it is today. Everywhere we turn, it seems that the world is falling apart. War, political unrest, an economy teetering on the edge of disaster. We live in a helpless planet filled with people who are desperate for hope. Now, folks, look, if you were uh, if you'd like a copy of Hope for a Helpless Planet, if you know someone that might, that this book uh, might might assist, then why not order this particular book, Hope for a Helpless Planet? Now, uh, if you would like uh, this particular book, all you need to do is to uh, text us here at our studio text number. That number is o four triple eight eight o eight eleven o four triple eight eight o eight. 11. And uh, all you need to do is to give us our code. Our code today is SA81. And, uh, uh, and that number will go directly to our robot. We call him Pilgrim. And, uh, robot, uh, he will, uh, contact you. He'll ask you a few questions, uh, so that, uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest, uh, way, way possible. So, uh, that number again is, uh, 048 11 and uh, the code is SA81. Also, if you've got any, any thoughts that you'd like to uh, contribute, uh, feel free to also use that uh, uh, same number uh, to, uh, uh, to throw in a, throw in a thought. We'd, uh, we'd love to actually hear from you. 04888 11 is, uh, is that number. Uh, now folks, you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. 
today our co-host is Eric Hoare and currently Eric's pastoring the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're following the theme, the Bible, the church and the environment. Now of course COP27 is happening over there in Egypt uh, last week and this week. So we're picking up on that particular theme. We want to try to give you a, a biblical perspective. What do the scriptures say about some of these environmental questions? Today we're asking, why won't green political solutions work? Now, this one, Eric, I... I think is going to uh, uh, to really push the boundaries just a little bit, uh, but I think it's a question we do need to address. Why won't green political solutions work? Uh, you know, we hear so much about the environment, uh, but we're getting, uh, as we've already heard, more and more people on the planet. Uh, each person has got a unique nature. Uh, you know, Eric, is there any way that green political environmental solutions is there any way that they can possibly work? And, you know, if if so, why? If not, why not? Well, it's uh, quite a good topic for tonight, Pastor Gary. And um, <clears throat> it's interesting as we started off and having a look at the um, the population of the world reaching the 8 billion mark and where animal population has plunged by 68%. Very interesting. Uh, and it's interesting to me that uh, humans, unlike animals, possess a desire for greed and uh, mm. desire you know when you see animals and they go and uh, they're out in the wild they will actually take food just as much as they need and that satisfies them uh, and they will go out and, and you know and take grass or an animal and that's that's it that's all they desire but a human it will it wants more and more uh, and that's our nature. We want more and more. You were talking about that in the in the beginning that, you know, we have a lot, we're blessed, but yet still in our lives we want more and more. We're not happy with what we have. And uh, and this has caused a lot of problems on the planet. You know, like the humans, for instance, they we created cars, not because we necessarily needed them, but because I'd make our lives simpler and easier and yet a lot of the car pollution has, has hurt the planet mm. uh, that's one example uh, I remember um, uh, years ago I was studying elephants I love elephants and um, I was reading in Africa where <clears throat> these elephants um, would go to a certain place I'd migrate and I'd go and eat uh, in a certain part of the field and then they'd go away and uh, the farmers decided to power up that paddock and take the feed away from the elephants and use that for their own crops. So they put up some fences around the crops. And elephants have a fantastic memory. They do. That, mm, that is mm, actually mm, true. Mm, mm. And some years later, these elephants came back through remembering where their feed was and they broke down the gates to come to what they thought was their feed. And, of course, they ruined a lot of the crops. And, and so the farmers shot the elephants, you know. And to me, there's... there's um, a greed, a nastiness in man that uh, that we don't think about what's actually happening on the planet. Mm. It's a desire in our hearts, I believe. You know, and many Christians believe that humans have an act to to have a duty and have moral in our lives, um, and this refers to an idea of right and wrong. Yeah. Um, and and animals, I don't think, have that idea. Maybe they have a little bit of what's right and what's wrong, but uh, to, but man um, uh, has that uh, that sort of uh, um, knowledge. 
And, um, you know, we share in, in God's image and we believe that as Christians that we should live according to God's plan and designs. Uh, and that is that um, as Christians we will, uh, you know, look after the earth as well as our own lives and bodies and that we should live in a way that glorifies what God is, has created because the earth was created good and human beings were placed on this planet as stewards. We're actually placed here to, to look after and care for the planet. We're not called to destroy the earth, but nor are we to see ourselves entirely as a problem in a world which has been tainted and polluted by sin. We know that in, that the creation groans, uh, groans. Romans 8 says, 8.22 says, For we know that in the whole creation it groans and it labours with birth pains together until now. And sin is the problem mm. that has created a lot of, uh, most of what is happening on the earth, the destruction. Uh, it's interesting that you actually say that, Eric, mm. uh, because uh, I'm just, I'm just so conscious that um, what you're really talking about is the nature of humanity. Hmm. What is humanity really like? You know, I'm just conscious that, you know, I mean, even if you look at, you know, the, the ancient Decalogue, the ancient Ten Commandments, you know, the last of the commandments uh, is thou shalt not covet. Hmm. Now, what is coveting? Well, uh, coveting, of course, is desiring that which somebody else Actually has now, as you correctly point out uh, here, uh, certainly in in our world, uh, I uh, you know I, I think of my own uh, my own parents. Uh, they, uh, my mother, grew up in a uh, in a, a very one a small one bedroom uh, place uh, down near Barrel in New South Wales, but she uh, recalls having only dirt on the uh, on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, my, she married my my father. Uh, my father, uh, he, uh, they got to marry, and all all their lives they lived in a, a weatherboard home with uh, three uh, three bedrooms uh, and an outside toilet, and that was the uh, that was the home that I uh, I grew grew up in, and uh, they were content with that mm. um, their entire lives. The one innovation my father made was uh, in my teenage years he could afford to. Uh, build a standalone garage, so he built a standalone garage to go on a uh, on the quarter acre block uh, there in the western suburbs of, of Sydney. Uh, I, I look now at you know even m- myself. I mean, okay, we uh, we now live here uh, in uh, in Adelaide uh, in a a four bedroom home, mm. and you know gradually each generation seems to be saying, "Hey, look, you know, I want to be bigger." And better, and that's that's exactly what you're actually saying. Now, is there anything wrong with uh, with with people, um, you know, um, desiring the good things in in life? Well, probably probably not. But at what point do we turn around and say, "Hey, it's enough. I'm actually going to be content with what it is that I have." And the problem, too, Pastor Gary, is that. Um, <clears throat> The human heart, uh, we're inclined uh, to sin, and and we'll be looking at some um, some verses soon that the Bible talks about what condition we're actually in right now. But you know, what are, what kind of people are we to be? Um, you know, we we reject the extremes of either side of the green debate. On the one hand, we do not accept that the planet is just there to be exploited because it's all going to burn anyway. 
So, you know, why care? We wouldn't accept that. No, we wouldn't accept. On the other hand, we do not accept that human beings are just a problem species who need to be put down in order to help get rid of, of, you know, the human race and, and get rid of the problem ones and try and work it all out. Instead, we accept that human beings have been made in the image of the creator and have been given a responsibility to care for the creation. And it all boils back about where you believe life started. I believe that... Uh, that, you know, God created everything. I believe there is a creator and, and, uh, you know, I, and with the Holy Spirit that changes our lives, our hearts, I believe that this is something, a duty of care that, hey, look, this is something really precious. Mm-hmm. It's not to be used for gain. It's not to be, um, you know, to get over somebody else, uh, and rip them off over, over mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And, and when it comes to the green revolution, it won't work unless it's a Christian revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, the green revolution either presupposes that human beings are essentially good and can sort the problem out for ourselves or that we are so evil, you know, we should be wiped out for the good of the planet. Neither is true. So the the Christian gospel says that Christ saves the planets, the planet, this planet, by saving humans. Ah, that's what, that's yes. what it comes down the to. The individual. The individual. He works from the inside out. Uh, God saving the world of humanity is also saving the world because when he, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and changes us, we then see the planet differently. You start to change the way that you think. Now, look, mm. can you just clarify for us what is humanity? What does the Bible teach us about the, I suppose, the nature of humanity, what's it really like? Well, I, I, I need to go back to a few texts in the Old and the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, remember in Genesis six five, um, it said the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil at that time. And you know, like it's saying there that all the thoughts that that the direction in which the human race was going was so evil. That the human heart was was evil actually all of the time, mm. and this is way back uh, we're looking at here in the Old Testament. And Jeremiah seventy nine says, "The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it?" And so the immediate context of the verse speaks of you know of of sin and saying that sin is uh, is um, the the core of all wickedness. Um, and the phrase desperately wicked comes from the KJV. It's some of the more, you know, translations use wording as beyond cure, uh, desperately sick. The Hebrew word translated desperately wicked as the idea of a terminal or incurable illness. It's saying here that the human heart has got an incurable disease. It's desperately wicked. It has this nature to sin. And that's the problem. And that, and that itself, to me, I think you've hit the nail right on the head there because, you know, if in fact human, uh, humanity has a, a nature that without the Spirit of God is just naturally grasping, because that's what we're talking about here, is naturally grasping what is going to happen when I see the bounties of the earth. I suddenly become 
grasping you know yes. uh, the house that, uh, uh, that 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 i um that i have is no longer big enough you know i'm going to buy the land i'm going to knock down that house i'm going to build a bigger one mm-hmm. and uh, you know to me i look at this and i say what a waste of the earth's resources we're actually seeing there and, uh, w- and what we've got problem with the, the green solutions and things is when you've got politics mixed up with a religious fever as well that wants to do right that you've got some problems because you know you can vote for a party but you know some of those uh, policies you may not actually know exactly what's in those policies to do with the earth and and of course you know a lot of people who pay uh, money into parties especially in America we see that there's a lot of influence that comes in from those who just want to make some extra money as well and so we have this problem now of humans trying to work out uh, a solution that going forward when I believe they need to do it in prayer. I believe they need to have the Christian look at the Bible. If they take the Ten Commandments seriously about respecting one another, about not coveting, about not killing, about and you can actually kill, hurt people by slander, uh, and you can also take away a lot of their their wealth through rip-offs and all sorts of things to do with land and, and trees and things. So, you know, I mean, Romans 1 is, is a classic 29 to 32, tells us the condition of our hearts. It says they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity. They are full of envy murder, strife, deceit and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God haters, insolent ignorant and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love no mercy. Although they know God's righteous degree that those who do such things deserve death they not only contribute to these very things but also approve of those who practice them. So what it's saying here is it's a lifestyle it's it's um, having a, a thought for, for a, not just not yourself you you think of others more than you you think of animals in a different light you see the um, the um, environment around us in a different life it's not out for self gain it's not to improve our my condition it's actually to help God to be a steward of God's kingdom. That's what it's talking about yeah. here. But it says this is what our heart is like. Uh, uh, Something and, has to change. And this, I think, is, you're hitting the nail right on the head here because uh, what is the biggest flaw in the, I suppose, green political solutions? The biggest flaw is, in fact, the human heart. You know, I'm happy to think, hey, that, you know, it would be good for the person over the road there uh, to actually uh, do what he needs to do to, you know, Im- improve the world and impl- improve. But to win it, actually impacts me hey i'm actually happy to fly uh to the uh, uh to the cop 27 meeting on my private jet mm. um because uh hey you know i'm an important person you know status is important mm. to me and, and to me as i look at this i say hey what's it what's the big challenge and you know, I, a big challenge is in fact the human heart and the question of course that we've got to come to is how do you actually change the human heart now of course that to me is exactly where the scriptures uh, do actually uh, kick in um, but Eric help us out again Yeah. well it goes on in the Bible and says that the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject 
to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. So it's saying here that, that if you do not accept Christ, if you do not accept uh, his love into your heart, if you do not uh, be born again, if you're not changed, then you're going to have this mindset of uh, of a, a sinning heart, but also you will not treat others as Christ would. And I think this is the key um, because um, the Bible calls of doing sin like being in a dark place. Your mm. minds are not open. It's almost like your eyes are closed. You do not know you're actually sinning. Well, you actually get this grasping mentality, don't you? You know, I want to, I, I want to get things for me. I basically become me centric. And uh, when any ever a person is me centric, uh, you can be guaranteed uh, that uh, hey, I'm going to envy yep. what uh, what others uh, have. I'm going to desire to get. More uh, than uh, Bill Smith next uh, next door uh, to me. Well, that's exactly what happened to me, Gary. Like before, I was a Christian, and I'd get won over somebody. Like I, I sold something, and I knew there was something wrong with it. I and made lots of money out of it. I, I didn't see that as it was wrong or as a sin, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, uh, when that change comes, you actually can see uh, the need. Uh, you you have a feeling for others. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, and that's what Christ says. You know that. Uh, the Ten Commandments um, are so so relevant in our lives today, and yet many people say that they were done away with, you know, and that's another topic. But, you know, it, it, it is a change of heart. It's a change of mindset, and it's a complete uh, being in the likeness of Christ, I believe. And I believe that's what that likeness means, that you treat people in like manner. Uh, you show that you're indeed a follower of Christ, and, and an un- unconverted person may be moral, may be very useful in society. Indeed, it's almost impossible to say who are converted, and not in many cases, but the outward conduct merely all depends on the state of the heart because it'll give you away eventually. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying that this works. I'm not saying that we're saved by works, but I'm saying that there are fruits that are shown, a change, and, and those that, that, that um, notice the change uh, are generally first your family, your friends, your colleagues, and then it goes out to the wider world when they see acts of kindness and a grasping spirit gives way to a generous spirit yes. grasping to generous now to me I love this Eric look let's come to some music uh, I love uh, this particular song by Colin Buchanan The Measure of a Man what really uh, is uh, uh, is the measure of a man really appreciate what uh, Colin Buchanan says uh, says in this, uh, this song please please enjoy uh, The Measure of a Man the river running dry and around the guns dads and mums lay with dogs under open skies and let the days slip by Understand 
that is Colin Buchanan, The Measure of a Man. What is it? How do you actually measure the quality of a man or a woman? Uh, how important uh, is it that we come by the right standard? You know, that's the thing I really appreciate about the Word of God. It gives us a standard, a standard by which we can actually appraise uh, what is good and righteous and proper uh, and that which uh, uh, is going to lead uh, to, uh, to outcomes that are positive both in the life of the individual and in the life of the uh, entire world. Uh, how important is that? Uh, folks, look, we do have a giveaway book uh, for you uh, for you today. Uh, the book is entitled Hope for a Helpless Planet. This is by Chris Holland. Uh, it's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than today. Everywhere we turn, it seems the world is falling apart. War, political unrest, and economy teetering on the edge of disaster. Hope for a helpless planet. Now, guys, look, if you would like uh, this particular book, if you'd like to be able to share it with maybe one of your sons, maybe a daughter, uh, maybe, if you'd like to read it maybe for uh, uh, for morning or evening worship, a time to have a devotional time, to slow down and just be quiet, this is the sort of book that you can actually do that with. If you'd like your own copy of Hope for a Helpless Planet, all you need to do is to text us uh, here at our studio text number 04 888 11 04-888-808-11 and the code that you just need to send just send through four letters SA 81 uh, no gap between the SA and the 81 because our robot pilgrim he doesn't uh, he doesn't can't recognize that he's a dumb robot uh, we need to get one of the more upgraded uh, robots SA 81 to 04 888 11 and uh, uh, our robot uh, faithful uh, pilgrim rather they changed his name what a mistake that was uh he will ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. Uh, hope for a helpless planet. What a fantastic opportunity, uh, this, uh, this really, this really is. Uh, now folks, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal. Seventh-day Adventist Church, and this week we're following the theme, the Bible, the church, and the environment. And today we're asking, why don't green political solutions work? Eric, what I'm hearing you say is that it's got so much to do with the human heart. The human heart that has been unsanctified, unchanged by the Holy Spirit, is actually a grasping, it's a selfish heart. Uh, It's happy to pillage uh, the entire earth. Humanity is actually the biggest problem in dealing with this entire, entire issue. But is there any way that can change? Yes, and, and just to finish off what you're saying there, Pastor Gary, is that the state of the unconverted is a, is really a state of misery. They do not enjoy the favour of God nor taste the sweetness of his blessing. Have what they may, they are never satisfied, for their immortal nature is always craving for something higher and something better. And often they will come in opposition to what God says about these things. But then the only hope for the sinful human heart is the supernaturally changed. And Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three gives a solution. Where sin once was inscribed on the hearts of his people, God gives us a new inscription. It says this, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my law within them, and I'll write it on their hearts, and I will be their God and they will be my people. And then Jesus came 
to put that new covenant uh, into us so that sins could be forgiven and sinners could be born. Jesus says in John 3, 5, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless you are born of water and the Spirit. So as desperately wicked people, we cannot reform our hearts by our own efforts. We cannot make decisions on the earth about plants and animals and uh, and, and what's going on around us if our hearts are only centered on ourselves and on our lust for ourselves, if our hearts are changed and we see things with different eyes, Acts 4.32 says, it says, all the believers, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. And I believe that's telling you and me today that we share what Jesus has done for us. We share the love to them. We we do things differently to them than the world is doing to them. Mm. We help them more. You know, it's interesting when you looked at what happened to Lot and Abraham when uh, it, way back in Genesis 13 where um, they were living together with all their animals and they were looking after the herds, Lot's uh, family and Abraham's family. And Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me. The animals needed more food and more water. Uh, so this was causing the division. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan, that it was watered everywhere. Uh, um, and so uh, then Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now, and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which I see I will give to you and your descendants forever. And so Lot chose first, but he chose what he saw was this beautiful lush land and thought, mm. well, this is good. But near him lived the evil towns. And later on he was kept, held captive. So, so Abraham here did the right thing. He said, you choose. And th- so he had a desire for his He brother. had a desire to care yes. for other people. And what you and I as humans would say, hey, this is the best place. It was near evil cities. You know, it wasn't the best place mm. for Lot. But that's the way we look at things, isn't it? Do we yeah. trust God enough yeah. that the decisions we make uh, is not only for ourselves but for other people to give them help? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, you know, Eric. Uh, one of the we do need to bring all this together. Mm. But you know, one of the passages of scripture that I believe is just so relevant to us is actually found in Galatians chapter five, because yep. here you actually get the yep. the fruit of the spirit and you get the fruit of the flesh actually compare. And this is what it says: mm. Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, uh, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbirths of wrath, uh, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envy, uh, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I told you beforehand. And, uh, you know, the, the natural result of, this, uh, of the human heart mm are in fact these works. In other yep. words, there is a natural desire to 
pillage the earth. You know, I mean, you can have all the political solutions you want, and yet unless you can change the human heart, you cannot change a person's attitude to the environment. You have to actually change the human heart. Can we change of ourselves the human heart? Well, of course we can't. It's just physically not possible. But if you come to the Word of God, if you come to the Scriptures, what you find is that when the Holy Spirit comes in, when I'm, if you like, born again, that's the uh, that's the word that's actually used, um, the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit comes in, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Uh, you know, to me, as I look at that, there's a total change in the thinking processes of the individual. Yeah, and what the big difference here, Pastor Gary, and just finishing, is that before your joy and happiness came from outside sources, from the world. Now it comes from the inside. Ah, uh, what a brilliant inside. thought to actually finish that's with. Change. That's good. That's good. Eric, look, I'm really conscious we do need to finish. Sure. Would you like to just pray? I'm just sure. conscious for, you know, anybody out there who may be, you know, who may be saying, hey, look, you know, um, I don't want to be grasping. I want to be generous. Would you pray for those people? For sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer tonight to thank you, Lord, for the wonderful love that you have for us all. You're our God, Lord, and we love you and follow you. And Lord, as we've read the Bible, the words have changed us, Lord. The Holy Spirit has come into our lives. Lord, we're so grateful for the knowledge that you give us of what the Bible tells us, how to live our life on this earth. And today, Lord, we just pray that the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, that they will show up in our lives. We pray, Lord, that as we read your word, and if we go on to our knees right now and just say, Lord, please forgive me for my sins, for I have done wrong. May the Holy Spirit come into my life. I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. I love you, Lord, and I want to follow you. And Lord, then our lives will change, and we will be better people. We will treat the environment as it should. We will see other people differently. Oh, Lord, you are so precious to us. And I pray for everybody that is listening tonight, that as we journey to Together, it may be through the unity of the Spirit that we will reach out to all in love and hope and not have selfish desires. So we thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'm going to be chatting with Pastor David Butcher on the subject of the church and the political environmental movement. This is so key. I really look forward uh, to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 